Good morning, and this is Deacon Pat coming to you from the Catholic Journey. I hope you're having a nice weekend, and uh, many of you are probably off today. It is uh, Martin Luther King Jr., um, I guess, Remembrance or Celebration Day, and many people are off work, and I'm off work, and thanks be to God, it's a wonderful day to relax and uh, also spend a little bit of time with you. Um, the other blessing that um, I'm really relishing in right now is that Liz and I went on a workshop this weekend, and um, gosh, it was just wonderful. And it was uh, it's uh, beginning a new series um, in our diocese, and it's really for the formation of, of lay people. And it's a three-year program, and uh, groups have been put together. Um, actually, 150 people showed up um, from... I believe there's a hundred parishes. I hope I'm getting this right. I think there's a hundred parishes in our diocese and we had representation of 50 parishes with people showing up. And then from those people that showed up for this program, um, they're going to be put into uh, small little groups. And then I believe it's about every three weeks. Um, they'll, the groups will gather. And so we have our little group, um, and, uh, you do some homework, you do some reading and it's a very, uh, kind of methodical structured program to really, uh, nourish and train really the faithful and to, uh, build them up and to let them realize or come to a realization that they are called to be such, um, a force of our faith out into the world. And, uh, we have our group and it was great. And I have a little shout out to, uh, Ryan and Regina, who are going to be our co-leaders of our group. Regina's husband, Jim, uh, Liz is participating in, um, in our group as well as myself. And we have Kathy and Maple and, uh, Patricia who wasn't able to make it. Um, but we'll be meeting her soon as well. But anyway, we, uh, we had this workshop. It was a two day workshop where we all gathered together and, uh, father Michael Sweeney, who is just this, um, amazing Dominican, uh, priest. I'm guessing he's in his mid seventies, um, as sharp as could be and is just a very holy man. And, um, and just what a great teacher. And, uh, so we spent all weekend with him and we feel like, gosh, it was just transformed informational in many ways. A couple of the things I highlighted from the weekend I wanted to share with you because I thought you might find them interesting as well. And the first one um, has to do with one of the Beatitudes. And uh, Father shared some thoughts about it that um, that I thought you might like as well. I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. And so we were talking about blessed are the poor in spirit. And that's always been um, a beatitude that that I struggled a little bit with because what what does that mean to be poor in spirit and and if you're poor how could that be a blessing in your life <laughs> so he went into great detail and uh, and explained um, in a very special way um, one of the thoughts behind that and um, it finally it made sense to me after all these years but anyway what he shared and I thought this was quite remarkable is that when you're poor, that means that you don't have something and there's something that you desire in your life. So to be poor of something, it means that you are lacking something and that's something that you are desirous of. 
And to be poor in the Spirit means that you realize that you're poor in the Spirit, that you have a desire to be in a more intimate and close relationship with the Spirit. And it's in that poverty that that, that, that lacking is illumined, that we desire more, that we seek a deeper unity. And, uh, and so it is actually be a blessing to be poor in the Spirit because we have that illumination to desire that we want more. And it's in that desiring to be of wanting more that we can uh, um, react and we can act and that we can uh, try our very best to be open to the Spirit and to do what we can to grow closer to to God. Um, I loved that. Um, I love that idea. It finally made sense to me, and I hope that makes sense to you as well. And he said it's really important for us to uh, to cast out our fear, our pride, and to to let go control, um, to be able to be poor in the spirit, to let go of our own ideas, to be docile to the workings of God in our life. Um, the other thing I thought was really interesting too is, is to allow God to contradict us. And again, that's that docility, that's that humility, that's recognizing our, our poorness, that when we have certain ideas in our life, that we are open to allowing God to work to contradict that. And to also be honest of who we are, and maybe be humorous about that. And, and one of the thoughts is, um, you know, we are unique in so many ways. There are many people in this world that have certain talents or charisms about themselves that I will never have, that you will never have. And instead of looking at them and being envious of them and what they can do or, or, or parts of their personality or how they interact with the world, if we're not quite that way, um, that, that's fine. And, and we just need to be honest of who we are, um, even, even of our failings in life, because we're sinful. We're, we're all sinful, and we don't desire to be, but that is our fallen nature. That's uh, concupiscence, you know, the effects of the original sin in our life, that we are sinful people, and that's why we have, you know, the sacraments of healing in our, in our life, especially the sacrament of confession, is because we, we, are, we are fallen people. Um, that we desire to be greater, but we are fallen and we need to always run back to that sacrament for the healing. But we need to be honest that, that we are sinful people. Again, we don't want to be, but that we are. And that um, we have many limitations. And there might be one or two things that I have a talent in that is part of my specific gifts that God has given to me, you know, my charism. But there are so many uh, inequities in my life. And uh, it's okay to, to recognize those and, and to be honest about them. And it's real important also um, in our poorness to avoid self-deception. We need to be, you know, self-cognizant of really actually who we are um, and, and our limitations. And don't try to deceive ourselves. I think that's really important. And then the other thing Father Sweeney really added is he said it's really important um, to not judge ourselves. The only judge in life is God. And that, uh, that, uh, 
especially for like introverts. Introverts will drudge themselves um, and beat themselves up in their minds uh, before anyone ever knows anything about it. <laughs> and he said it's really important to not judge ourselves as a good person, a bad person, a failure. You know, God, God is the only judge. We need to be forgiving of ourselves and realize that we are far from perfection and that perfection will never happen until, uh, you know, we die and, uh, and then we are purified and then we see the beatific vision and then we live in a state of perfection in heaven. But we're nowhere near that here on earth and that we need to be very forgiving of ourselves, to be non-judgmental of ourselves. And that means to be non-judgmental of others, but we need to start with ourselves and to be so forgiving. And then the other thing is to stop resisting God's love, the grace that come into our lives and the gifts that come to us, that we need to stop resisting those. And, um, and think about all the gifts that come to us um, from others, um, I think he used one example. I thought this was really interesting. He said when somebody gives him a gift, the first thing that happens, uh, and this is not a good thing, but it happens to him and probably to many of us as well. If someone gives an unexpected gift to us, what's the first thing we think about is, hmm, what, what is the ulterior motive <laughs> or what's a, what, what, what are the strings attached to this gift <laughs> that's being given to me? And, uh, and he said, you know, we, we need to, I mean, we need to be cognizant of the truth that happens in the world, but we, but we need to be good at receiving gifts because what is, and, and gifts that are unearned, that are just gifts. And that's, uh, because that's what we receive from God all the time. We receive God's grace and his gifts, and we need to be good at receiving those. So there is so much to this being poor, poor in the spirit, um, that, that we uh, really discussed and we evaluated. And it was, it was very delightful, really, to spend some time thinking about being poor in the spirit. And I um, thought I would share that with you. But that led right into... Um, you know, the other thing is, is to be childlike. You know, Jesus tells us that we need to be childlike to be able to uh, gain entrance into the heavenly kingdom. And that's the first thing that, that the Lord asks us to do is to be like a child. And so what does that actually mean to be like a child? Because I think we can have different references to what that might mean. And some of the things that he talked about, and I thought this was, uh, this was very insightful in many ways, and you might find it to be that way as well. But um, he said, make sure that we are not missing the little things in life. That if you think of a child and what it means to be childlike, and think about a child in hell, just hyper-focused that they are on everything in life. Um, when they have something within their view or something within their grasp, how they are so focused on, on that. And actually how children don't miss anything. If you're a parent, you know this, <laughs> that um, you think your kids might not be paying attention or might not catch something. They do not miss a thing. They are cognizant of everything that is happening around them. They truly see and are aware of everything that is happening in their world around them, their immediate world. And um, we've spent a lot of time thinking about that and talking about that and that Christ is asking us to be aware of what's happening around us in our lives. What are the gestures of other people? What are their facial 
reactions? How do they carry themselves? How do they interact with, with others? And um, just a beautiful way of thinking about what a child is like and, uh, and what we should be like and how they're honest and self. They're, they're, they're not self-conscious. They're, they're actually uh, the opposite of being self-conscious. Um, how they're dependent on others and that that's a good thing to be dependent on others because, you know, God asks us to be in these relational relationships. I mean, we're supposed to be in relation to others and that it's okay to be dependent on others and actually God is asking us to do that and how we are to look fearlessly at the world. And he used one excuse, and I thought this was, or one explanation, I thought this was wonderful. He was talking about how um, um, how a child um, feels protected and cared for by his parents. And by feeling so cared for and protected, um, they do not have worries that they can be fearless towards the world. And he says, as a Christian, we need to think about ourselves being placed in God's hands and that God will care for us. He'll give us what we need. He will protect us. He will care for us in the way that we need to be cared. And once we realize that, we can be fearless in the world, fearless with our workings toward, you know, bringing Christ to the world. And that was a wonderful thing to think about. Um, also, how children are self-forgetful that uh, they don't really think much about, um, you know, saying the wrong thing. They just live life and they're honest and they're straightforward. And if they do something really silly or really uh, bizarre, it's forgotten almost immediately. And he said, that's something, you know, that we need to think about too. It might be good to learn, you know, from our mistakes on some level, but, um, but it's something to think about as well. Um, so the other thing is, is um, we talked a lot about play in our life, how play is so important. And, and what is the definition of play? And play is when you do something for no other reason than because that thing gives you delight. Let's think about that for a minute. So being playful or doing something in play like children do. Think about a child. How often do child spend so much time doing something and there's no other purpose in what they're doing other than just it brings them delight. And so we have to think about that in our life because remember, Christ is asking us to be like a child. So, so many of us feel like we have to be purposeful with, with what we do in our life. And everything that we do needs to have this greater purpose and we need to accomplish things. And the mothers in our group sure shared about how they can't sit down and watch uh, shows with the family because they feel like there's always things to do. <laughs> but that how it's so important to have a playful side of our life as well. And there was a couple of questions that were, um, that were asked of us to ponder. And I thought this might be something for you to think about as well. And one of the questions was, um, who do you spend time with in your life that you can be childlike with? And remember, childlike is really being honest and not self-focused, that you can be dependent on these other people, that you can live life in a fearless kind of way, um, that you can see things truly and interact with them. Um, 
and you can play with them as well. And who do you have in your life to do that? So something to maybe think about as well. And then the other thing is to think about um, what are you doing in your life where you can be mostly be the best. No, how do I want to say this? What are you doing that you can be the most yourself? So think about that a little bit. What is it that you do in your life that brings you to be the most comfortable about yourself? That brings pleasure? That brings delight? What is it that you have in your life that you are able to really feel rejuvenated, feel relaxed, feel content, and I guess this goes back to the play element in some regards, but what do you have in your life? Our group talked about that a little bit, and, um, and many of us struggled with, uh, with having things that we do just for ourselves or just for to bring delight. Now, um, I think we do have to have balance in our life. <laughs> you can't do that all the time, but I think that needs to be an element of, of our lives as well. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. We have talked about some few other things as well. We talked about uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And it was really interesting because we've all heard that beatitude before. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then what really is righteousness? I think we all had some different ideas of things maybe being right or just or moral. But Father Sweeney really <clears throat> turned that around a little bit. And he said, you know, our measure is all, should always be what is beautiful, perfect, and truly good. And that's what righteousness is. And he said, think of righteousness more, though, of a verb. It is something of action. So it's acting in such a way that is beautiful, that is perfect, that is truly good. And to be good is to be God-like. Because really, what is good? Good is God. So to be, to be truly good is to be God-like. And so, and what is good? What is good? It, good is what is beautiful. What are the things in life that are truly and simply beautiful? That are fitting? That are noble? You don't hear that word noble very much, but it comes right back to what is beautiful. So righteousness is to do what is beautiful. And that we have to be really careful that we don't uh, think of righteousness as kind of the law. Because the law cannot be our measure. Our measure is God. And God is beautiful. And uh, the other thing to think about too is, and this was kind of profound for me, is the greatest thing that you'll ever see other than the Eucharist, because remember, the Eucharist, um, for us Catholics, is, is, is God, is Christ. So that's the most beautiful thing we'll ever see or experience in our life here in heaven. And I mean, here until we go to heaven. But listen to this. Is the greatest thing that you will ever see other than the Eucharist will be your neighbor. Because he is made in the image and likeness of God. And if that neighbor is a Christian, even more so. So think about that. 
out of all the things in our daily life, other than the Eucharist that we experience either daily or weekly at Mass, the most beautiful thing, the greatest thing that we see is our neighbor because he's made in the image and likeness of God. And this goes right into now like the dignity of the human person. Now, if we all truly believed that, which we should, but if we all truly believed that the most beautiful thing, the most greatest thing that we experience here other than the Eucharist is our neighbor. And if we honored that, and if we truly, you know, acted upon that, the most righteous, the most beautiful thing is the person that's next door and we treated them appropriately, what would this world be like? (laughs) Oh, that really had me step back a little bit and think about, uh, think about that. And so you think about the people, you know, the homeless, um, the people at work or different places that we struggle with. And again, I think we have to be careful. We, we can't put ourselves in unwise situations or, or unsafe situations, but, uh, but are we honoring to that degree the dignity of those individuals that they are made in the image and likeness of God and we're looking at really just a reflection of God in all of these different human beings? Something to ponder for today as well. So this idea of blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness and that righteousness is beauty and that beauty is and righteousness is a verb, and this beauty is something that we are to act on, and that we should go through our lives doing and receiving beautiful things. So let your mind think a little bit about what is beautiful in your life. What kind of action can be beauty in your life? Well, I wanted to thank you for spending some time with me. I shared a few of my thoughts with you from reflection of this weekend. Um, I'm sure that uh, many of the participants that were there um, have much more to say. <laughs> it was such a beautiful and inspiring weekend, uh, spending time with this uh, amazing Dominican preacher and uh, taking in just a small smidgen of his wisdom. But I hope you have a beautiful day, and I hope you can relax, and I hope you can ponder really the beautiful things in life and how maybe we should work at being a little more childlike as Christ says us. Have a beautiful day. Goodbye from the Catholic Journey. And always remember that God desires you ever more than you would ever imagine to be close to Him, to be united with Him, and uh, to be forever in His loving embrace. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.